Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello, this is Terrence Long, and you guys are listening to The Jay Brown Show. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Played Out It Podcast Network. Subscribe, rate, and review to the show on iTunes. You can check it out on Spotify as well. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show at Jake Brown Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that jazz. And not a crazy week in sports, but the return of football is just right here. Like it's in our faces. Training camp begins this week. And the NFL goes season round. But now it's back and better than ever. As the summer days go by, NFL gets closer. The baseball trade deadline gets closer as we are a week away from the deadline on the 31st. And things will get interesting. Pennant races will get interesting. We'll learn who officially is a seller and who's a buyer. And we'll know where teams are headed, in what direction they're headed. Are they going to be a rebuilder? Are they going to be the Mets and maybe try and get some pieces, maybe some of that can help for next year? Will they be the Yankees, who right now seem all in on trying to make a run for this thing, as they've been rumored with Yu Darvish, they've been rumored with Giancarlo Stan, which I don't think is going to happen. I think these are rumors. You, you never know. Texas is looking to trade him. He's got a year left on his deal. I don't think he's going to be back. You Darvish seems like he could realistically get traded with the year the Rangers are having and the disappointment that they've been. But that AL wild card race is so tight. Everyone is in it right now. It is a free-for-all. I mean, the Oakland A's are only like six out of the wild card. and They're not having a good year at all. So... It truly shows you that everyone's in it and it's going to make things interesting at the deadline because there might be more buyers than sellers who think, you know what, let's get one of these wild card spots. The American League, there isn't, outside the Astros, there isn't a truly dominant team. The Astros have really been the true team that's just beating everyone. But I wouldn't say the Red Sox have been dominant. They only hold a two and a half game lead on the Yankees. The Indians only hold a one and a half game lead on Kansas City with Minnesota still right behind two and a half back. And the West, the Angels, every team below them is below 500. So they're making slight work of the AL West, who is just embarrassing themselves at an under 500 division, right there with the NL East. A lot of mediocrity this year in the major leagues as we approach the trade deadline. The East with only one team over 500. The NL Central with only two two teams over 500. The NL West has been surprising with three over. But then you look at the East and the Central in the American League, there's only one dominant team. So it's not, there's a couple of teams you pinpoint, Dodgers and Astros, as the real dominant. Maybe you throw 
the Nationals in there with some improved bullpen help. They go out and get Doolittle. They go out and get Ryan Matson to add to that bullpen, which they desperately needed, and they may be get, getting another arm. So the Nationals' big weakness was the bullpen, and they've patched that up a little bit. You have the lineup that hits consistently. So you really look at and now the Cubs obviously made the, making the run. I mean, they're tied for first now. You knew this was coming. And this is where we say, you know what, it's going to be over soon. The Brewers are not going to win this division. And while it's tied now, I don't think it's going to stay that way for a while. And with the way Arizona and Colorado are still playing over 500 ball, Milwaukee might not get that wild card either. The Mets, they do what they do best over the weekend and Shock you with a couple of wins. A 5 nothing game I was at Saturday. Quickly becomes 5-3, 5-4, 5 and then they win it on a Flores walk-off. But then Sunday comes, and you know Sundays are not for the Mets. And that needs to be assured. The team just does not win at home on Sundays, and they do it again. This time they don't get embarrassed like they usually do on a Sunday at home. They lose by a run. But just another Metsian effort when they try to raise your hopes when we went four straight try and sweep a series for once and they still can't do it. And now they'll go to four San Diego and you really see them getting ready to try and ship pieces off by putting a Struble Cabrera at third base, seeing what he has there and making him more of a trade piece. And it makes perfect sense because you need to, you need to see his versatility and you know, third base is more of a hot commodity and what teams need versus a guy who's a second or short. Third base is important. If he could play third, short, and second for a team, that's going to make them want to give up, but maybe a better prospect. And it makes sense for the Mets to trade him, especially with Neil Walker potentially returning tonight. So Neil Walker's here. He's ready to go. You put him at second and third, you're going to play TJ Rivera. You're going to play Wilmer Flores. And you have Reyes at short. You'll mix those guys together. But for the Mets, Cabrera seems like you got to trade him. Everyone says, Reed, you should, and I would agree. It leaves your bullpen completely empty. I mean, the bullpen's going to be a disaster if they do. But it seems like he is getting a lot of interest right now, so you have to consider a strong offer from the team for for, for, uh, for Reed. Dropping a stand that I'm not even using. Um <laughs> But I, I just think that the Mets are going to be in a spot where they're going to have to listen to every and any and every offer, even if it's for DeGrom. Although I, I keep DeGrom, you listen, say, hey, if you get th- three top prospects, maybe you do it. But the Mets will win a couple, but then they'll show you, you know what, we're sellers. We're not going to be buyers. We're 10 games out of the wild card and 13 and a half. Out of the division. Now favorable schedule coming up. You play four San Diego through Seattle. Two teams that are not good at all. You got to take five. Five out of that seven. Well, if you take all seven, you're over 500. You're (laughs) asking about seven, two sweeps in a row. I know. But if, if you take six or seven, you're a game under. Five's not enough. 
I mean, guess I, I don't Five even know why I'm discussing this because I said they were done last They're week, done. and then they won four straight, but then they lose some. If they win yesterday, maybe some people are like, oh, let's see what they do in San Diego. You take three out of San Diego, and then you take two against Seattle. That's the conservative outlook. I think you got to sweep one of these series. It's tough to sweep. I mean, you got to sweep everything at this point. Well, this. it's tough to sweep. So, all right, you take three against San Diego, and then you sweep Seattle. I think you got to take six. They won't, but. You know they'll get swept. This will be the series for San Diego where you're like, what a joke. Or you'll be like, hey, Colorado starts losing. Colorado plays St. Louis next. So it's really about Colorado losing and the Mets winning, and that's just not happening. But there's still too many teams ahead of them. Like you said, Chicago's going to knock off Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee's in the mix. You know, Colorado is, is a game up on Arizona now. So it's Arizona's the one who's oh, okay. regressed a little bit. Um, but it's over. It's done with. Yeah, and you mentioned um, you mentioned the Dodgers <laughs> earlier. You know, uh, you, did you see Kershaw got hurt? Yet? I did see in, Kershaw going to, the DL? going to the DL. This is the problem always with the Dodgers. Like, on paper, they should win the National League. But going into October with injuries, you just never know. If they lost Kershaw, that changed their whole outlook. It gives the Cubs a chance. It gives the Nationals a chance. I don't. I'm not buying into Colorado or Arizona getting to the World Series. I just can't buy it. I can buy L.A. Nationals and I can buy the Cubs. And you know the Cubs are still on the radar to get someone. They're going to be in on one of these U Darvish deals. They're going to be talking. Yeah. If Add him with Quintana. That's a solid rotation. Whoever gets you, Darvish, is going to get some big help. Yeah. They'll put him over the edge. It's not fair if the Dodgers do. I mean, if you have you, Alex Wood, and Kershaw. That's a nice rotation. It's not bad. It's pretty damn good. That's damn good. Pretty damn good. See, I'm a little groggy today because I was at uh, Kendrick Lamar and Travis Scott. Hell of a concert. Um, it's good, man. Yeah, I get you hyped. Good. I mean, Travis Scott must have been must have been good. You're a little tired. Yeah, I'm a little tired yeah. today. I'm gonna go home and nap after this. You know, let's let's go off the radar and stick with concerts and just talk about some great concerts um, that we've been to over in our time. Oh, okay, impromptu. Before sure. before we get into Kyrie Irving. <laughs> And why I think he should be in a Knicks uniform today and what deal would make that happen. Some good concerts over the years. Have you ever seen Stevie Wonder? I have never seen Stevie. Stevie is incredible, man. He puts on a show. Beach Boys. You seen Beach Boys? I, I've seen the Beach Boys years ago. I don't I mean I don't know if it was a real concert. It was at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts. It was it was it was fun. Yeah, I think I fell asleep in the Beach Boys. It was outside. I remember yeah. I fell asleep. Yeah, they have to be outside. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen everyone. Man. I saw Sly and the Family Stone once at a concert with like Gloria Gaynor and Casey oh. and the Sunshine Band. Must have been fun. I mean, what a trio. Yeah. What a, a cavalcade of stars. I mean, Gloria Gaynor, Sly and the Family Stone. Casey and the Sunshine Band. I've seen Chuck Berry. He was so old. Oh, he wow. performed the same song twice. He... He's 80, 81 years old. He does he does a song, and then like 30 minutes later, he did it again. I don't even think he realized. But just to see him, I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a legend. Yeah. 
I mean, he's old. Old. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um, passed away, unfortunately. Um, who else? I've seen um, Billy Joel and Elton oh, John on the same stage. I've seen Billy Joel twice. He's great. Right? He's great. I've never seen Elton John. Them together was cool because it's cool. like two pianos on stage, like going yeah. at it, and it's like the greatest. That's kind of. Question for you: You being a Jersey guy, I'm a New York yeah. guy. I know a couple people favorite Jersey, so they favorite Bruce Springsteen. It's not even a debate of who is better, Bruce Springsteen or Billy Joel. It's Billy Joel. I'm I'm a bigger Billy Joel fan. I'm a casual Springsteen fan. I saw Springsteen live once because I heard all the stories, how great he is, and yeah. I wasn't blown away. Exactly. I and really I think wasn't. Billy's I, got more classics than yeah. Bruce. Yeah. But it's not even a New York, New Jersey. It shouldn't even be a bias. It just be about facts. And the fact is that Billy Joel is better than Bruce Springsteen. Bruce, I have to agree with that. Bruce Springsteen will have, if you want to have your Budweiser and your, your cut-off sleeves and your red, white, and blue America shirt, okay, maybe it's God Bless the USA. Bruce Springsteen has those America songs. But in terms of hits and jams, I just don't even see a comparison. No, I agree with you. I, like uh, you have to go through their track list, maybe, but I just think Billy Joel blows him out of the water. No matter if you're from New York or New Jersey. Yeah, I think you're right. And this is coming. You're from Jersey I'm your whole Jersey. life. Yeah, from Jersey your whole life. So I think it's yeah, good to hear because yeah. I used to live with a guy. I won't say names, but a guy who believed that Bruce is better than Billy, and he's very adamant about. It. I said no, 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 no. I know you're from New Jersey and you got to defend the homeland. That's like me when I defend a story and people are like, what's the story? Why is it so cool? Blah, blah, blah. But when we're dealing with facts here, the fact of the matter is that I don't, if you go through the numbers, I think Billy Joel's got more like Billboard Hot 100 top songs than Bruce does. It just feels that way. Like when you see him in concert, he just does banger after banger. Right. Like, there was a lot of, like, you see Billy Joel, there's like maybe. One maybe two songs you may not know that weren't big hits, but when you see Springsteen, if you're not a diehard Springsteen fan, yeah. there's not a lot of casual mainstream stuff that you'd be like, I don't know this one, I don't know that one, I don't know that one. Like you know the the couple of hits, but yeah, to, Billy Joel just has more familiarity. Um, um, I googled who is better, Bruce Springsteen or Billy Joel. <laughs> To see what Google has to say. Um, but I am very surprised. There are a lot of Billy Joel haters out there. Which I don't understand I, I why. Don't, I don't understand why either because he's not. He's pretty good. He's not bad. I just don't see the debate. No. It just seems like an easy answer to me. If you compare, yeah, Bruce to Billy it's Joel. Just, it just doesn't seem I, like an argument. No, I think you're right. It's Billy. But I do have to say, as a New Jersey guy, I do love Bon Jovi. I do have to say that. <laughs> get the get out of here with Bon Jovi. I do love Bon Jovi. They're not in this discussion. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. What is this? 1974? <laughs> oh, no. They're not that. 74. What are they, 1987? 1994? I think they're still going to tour. They're touring this year. Oh, man. Right. Oh. Anyways, Kyrie Irving, man. Kyrie Irving. To the Knicks for Mello. <coughs> Here's the deal I'm talking about. I wrote about this on Knicks blog, and people were 
giving me like hate I, comments. I read it. I saw you had a lot of comments. Um, which what is fine. Uh, it stirs up controversy, yeah. and that's what you want. Um, had three reactions on Friday. Busy day Friday. Did some from the phone on the go, food shopping while writing. Got a multitask in this world. Um, but the, I, I think Kyrie shocked us all when he when we learned of this news on Friday. We learned Kyrie Irving wants to be traded, and he's met with the Cavs about it over the last couple of weeks. And I think we were surprised because we're thinking to ourselves, you're in a situation where you could get to the finals every year right now. The counterside of that argument is this guy wants to be his own star. He is seeing the likes of Steph Curry, James Harden, John Wall collect annual paychecks of over $40 million. While Kyrie Irving right now is making around seventeen. So he's thinking to himself, I'm making seventeen point six four million last year. And there's guys making forty. Why am I not there? Why do I get the blame when things go wrong in Cleveland and not LeBron? And he says to himself, I want to get out of here. I want to become a $40 million a year guy. Guys right now are greedy because the NBA today, we're seeing the most catastrophic, mind-blowing contracts that we've ever seen. John Wall signs this extension of four years, $200 million, essentially. And you're thinking, this guy has never been to the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's collecting... As much money as Roger Goodell's making a year as the commissioner. And now he's seen it multiple times this summer. And his thought is, let's get out of here. And he said four targets potentially was reported, I think, by Chris Hayes. The Knicks, the Spurs, the Timberwolves, and the Heat. So I laid out kind of four the possibilities. And the Knicks make the most sense. My reported deal was this even though I think there's going to be more pieces to it this is like a baseline that works with the trade real GM trade machine a three team deal the Knicks get Kyrie Irving and Channing Frye the Cavs get Carmelo Anthony the Knicks 2018 first round pick and they get Eric Bledsoe from the Suns you give them a point guard to replace Irving you give them Melo to join with Bledsoe with LeBron and Kevin Love. And then the Suns get Tristan Thompson and the Cavs, who has an 18 first-round pick. Will be a great pick. And I understand people's argument to that was, why would the Suns take on that big contract by Tristan Thompson? But when you look at it, is it that big compared to what some of these guys are getting, 17, 18 million a year? I think Tristan could thrive in Phoenix where he has young big men going up against him and Alex Len, Marquise Chris, Josh Jackson now there. It gives them a little bit of a more stable big man and gives them some depth in the front court for Phoenix. It gives the Knicks a new hope. People are people are saying and people are saying to me like why would they want two broke down knees 33 year people are downgrading Carmelo Anthony like he's nothing. And a big reason for that is how the Knicks have treated him and how Phil Jackson has publicly 
that it's being taken like Melo. You're getting back chopped liver in a trade. This is a guy who scores 25 points per game. This is a guy that might work out with LeBron with a love and with whatever point guard the Cavs get back, which could end up being a Derrick Rose here in a one-year deal as he's meeting with the Cavs today. Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, Kevin Love is a pretty solid team and a team that can still win the Eastern Conference. So while there probably could be more to the deal, that one is honestly pretty fair on all three sides. The Suns would be giving up one player in Eric Bledsoe, who is a good player, but let's be real, he's been hurt his whole career. And the first round pick won't be great, but you're still going to get a mid to late 20s, whatever, first round pick. And you're going to get your starting power forward or center. But let's let's slow down saying like Melo's nothing. While his value has certainly been degraded, he's still a star player who is better than a potential deal with the Timberwolves, Spurs, or Heat. I just... there's. Unless, besides assets and maybe higher draft picks, I don't think there's better players they would get than if they got a mellow and maybe say they threw in a Hernan Gomez in there. And you look at Minnesota, they're in a weird spot because they just signed Jeff Teague and he is not allowed to be traded until December 25th at the earliest because they just signed him. So you pay Teague a lot of money and you can't really have him off the bench. Do you really want Teague as the two or Kyrie at the two? You can. It just seems. I don't know if that will work along with Jimmy Butler. And the reports, there's recent reports, and it's always every day. There's nothing, something new, and usually doesn't mean anything. Was reported that Butler and Carl Towns were trying to recruit Kyrie Irving. But I just don't see a better return than getting a star like Melo could drop 25 a night. I don't see a better return if you get that in draft picks. Now, you may you could also not want to do the deal I said because you don't want them to giving up two big men in Tristan and um Channing Fry. You don't want to give up two big men and then be left having to go get big men now. Unless Hernan Gomez is included in the deal and he'll be a part of that part of that team. They went out and got Jose Calderon and Jeff Green this offseason. Doesn't really make you throw your hands out in the air and celebrate, but two decent moves that will help their depth as well. So the Cavs will have a lot of thinking to do, but I, I think if he wants to go, he's got to go. And there's his value is high right now. It's not like a mellow where it's lower. His value is high. And if you want to argue they have to give more than Mello to get him, that makes sense. I'm the Knicks, I do it. Because just the thought of it has rejuvenated the fan base. I mean, people are excited about the thought of Kyrie and Kristaps. And we're talking about a Kyrie Irving who's 25 years old. He's from Jersey. He's local. He's becoming home. He's from West Orange. 
And he would be the face of the franchise along with Christos Porzingis. And that's a hell of a one-two punch if the Knicks could do it. Kyrie and Chris Dobbs, you build around those two, and there's renewed, there's a renewed belief in New York. And Kyrie Irving is set contractually through 2020. The Knicks would have him three years set before he becomes a free agent. Just under 19 million this year. 20.1. The following year and twenty one just over twenty one million the year after, so you're you're getting him at a price that's not terrible. Melo said he would waive the trade kicker, which could change things. If he goes to Cleveland, maybe he gets that money. But the Cavs are gonna if they want to make this work with the Knicks, they might have to use a couple of contracts, not just Kyrie. You might have to do Kyrie and Fry, Kyrie and Tristan, or both. And those are the big contracts you could try and deal. I doubt they would want to include Kevin Love in any trade. If they're giving away Kyrie, you can't do both. But that, that this is a move that shakes up the whole NBA offseason. If they do it, are the Cavs out of it? No. But this thing, this makes things interesting. If does he go west now and join everybody else from this offseason and go west, or does he stay east and make things interesting? He goes to the Knicks. Remember, the Knicks still aren't going to be good. They'll be lucky to maybe get an eight seed, but the Knicks still won't be great. But they'll have two pieces in place that are going to make people want to go there. Next summer, people will see you have a point guard, you have a superstar big man. In their 20s, let's rock and roll, baby. That's a whole lot more appetizing than a Chris Stops and maybe some pieces you got and assets you got for Mello or a disgruntled Mello. It's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better for the fan base to watch because Mello has made it clear he doesn't want to be here. So it's it seems like a deal will happen. It's we're just playing the waiting game. I kind of want to just get it over with already. Just make a deal happen. This is the Jake Brown Show. Play it at iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. Joining us this week, this week <coughs> on the show, Charles Davis joins us tomorrow. The voice of Madden, the video game, one of the broadcasters. And a Fox Sports analyst. He's called some big games, including the Statue of Liberty game with Oklahoma and Boise State. Does a terrific job broadcasting for the NFL and analyzing the games. And he's the interesting thing with Madden is that it's a weekly update. They have weekly new broadcasts. I'm curious how that works out for him. Also joining us on the show, Terrence Long. The former A Yankee met for a cup of coffee. Terrence Long. Random name right there. Yep. Good player. Fun fact about Terrence Long. He holds the Oakland A's record for most consecutive games played at 456. Wow. You never would have guessed that. No, never would have guessed him. (laughs) Nope. That's that's an interesting fact. Yeah, a little nugget. 
That was on his Wikipedia, unless it's changed since then. The Yankees have interest in Darvish, as I said before. They go out and get David Robertson, Todd Frazier, and Tommy Keneal from the White Sox. They gave away some prospects, including Blake Rutherford. And now the White Sox now have five top 50 prospects as they try to compile youth for the future. Good job by the White Sox, but a great job by the Yankees. They go out and get not one, but two relievers, two good relievers, and they get a power-hitting infielder. So the Yankees got a good haul here. Now the question is, do they go out and get more? And I think they're all in. <laughs> it looks like they are, they're working on you. They're working on some moves here. And it makes sense. Totally makes sense. I'm just reading about potential deals and maybe the Knicks, including Frank Nittaklina. But with the Yankees, two and a half back of the Red Sox. And now they know they need starting pitching. They know they got bullpen help. But what wins in October? That rotation. But is is which David Price is Boston gonna have? <coughs> Regular season David Price or, or the one that hates October. The one that hates October and the one that hates uh Dennis Eckersley. And them two are just going at it. David, David, David. Can you relax? Shooting down Dennis Eckersley? This guy is a baseball legend, legendary pitcher. And Price said, get the F out of here. Some people just don't understand how hard this game is. You can say that to me, David, or any other broadcaster that hasn't played the game. But you're saying you don't know how hard the game is for Dennis Eckersley. The guy who had a better career than you you have. I mean, what are you doing? That is not David Price's finest moment, folks. And apparently, this was just because Eckersley said, yuck. When Eduardo Rodriguez's poor stats are flashing the Nesson screen after a rehab start. I'm about talking June 29th. Really? Because he looked at bad stats and said, yuck. You're going to say, you don't know how hard baseball is. That is accurately. I mean, give me a break. Dennis Eckersley, folks, who has 390 career saves. I might add a three five career or ERA and pitched for twenty four seasons. And a Cy Young too, right? Has an MVP in there. And his MVP. Does he have a Cy Young? Maybe I'm thinking MVP. I think he has a Cy Young. Okay. David Price, who has pitched ten years. Already battling injuries. 
And he has the audacity to say that. Now, Price has a nice career record of 126 and 68. Might be a Hall of Famer one day. But Dennis Eckersley. I mean, let Eckersley say yuck for numbers that are yuck. It's what they pay him for. He's an analyst. It's not the end of the world. David Price always seems to be causing problems with people. Always. He's got to worry about pitching first because that AL East could get interesting. Coming up in a couple of minutes on the show is Terrence Long. Um, I want to talk, too, with Charles Davis about about training camp. Some of the big storylines here. The Jets, for them. Is it just about seeing what you got from from Josh McCown for a little bit before transitioning over to youth and seeing if Bryce Petty's your guy? Because the I think the Jets seem set right now, and they're going to have to get a quarterback next the next draft and hope Sam Darnold's there. Because right now the Jets are projected to go one in fifteen. That's what they're projecting, and it's going to be ugly. And that's pre- Jets fans are hoping that. I mean, there might not be a point to go to a Jets game unless you're betting on them losing. They're going to have a tough time selling those games out, man. I'm telling you. But really, the story in sports right now is the Cavaliers and Kyrie Irving. And will this deal get done and who will it get done to? Heat, Knicks, Spurs, Timberwolves are the top four. Although we see other teams slide in there. Cough, cough, Oklahoma City. There's a rumor that maybe the Thunder can get involved on this deal. That the Thunder and Mello right now report that are circling each other. Bill Simmons reported. Thunder assistant GM Troy Weaver recruited Anthony to Syracuse. Mel, remember, is roughly owed $50 million over the next two seasons. And how about if that happens? Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony. I don't know who the Thunder would give the Knicks. It's got to be Knicks Casman. I just have the feeling it has to be that deal to get done. But we'll see. All right, this is Jake Brown Show. Play it at iTunes, Spotify. Coming up is Terrence Long. Tomorrow, Charles Davis also coming on this week on the show. We will have former Tigers pitcher Nate Robertson. He'll be on the show. Um, And stay tuned on our Facebook and Twitter pages and as we keep you posted on interviews coming in the coming weeks as well. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it and we're back here on the jake brown show cbs radio's play.it podcast network itunes spotify as well and you could follow us at jake brown radio jake brown show on social media joining us now is the former outfielder for the a's padres royals a little bit with the yankees and mets 
Terrence Long down in Sweet Home, Alabama. Terrence, I appreciate you coming to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, man. And Sweet Home, Alabama. I always think of Ruben Stuttered whenever I, I hear <laughs> that now. Did, did you ever watch Ruben back in American Idol? Yeah, you know, he was, you know, I mean, with him being from Birmingham, that was the that was the biggest thing going on around here at the time, so you couldn't help but watch it. Oh, and he, he, I think, yeah, he won. He beat Clay, so I imagine there was a big parade after that. That was my guy because he also, uh, he wore the 205 jersey, which I guess is uh, Birmingham or Alabama's area code, and, uh, and my birthday is two o five, February fifth. So I had to, oh. I had to love him for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right. So let's. Did you did you even know this? And I didn't realize this that you have the record for the most consecutive games played for the A's at four hundred fifty six. Yeah, I was um, actually doing Black History Month. They um, they sent out a little they sent out a little post on Facebook and. Uh, a lot of my friends tagged me in it, and I saw that, and you know, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I really did until I saw it, and I was like, man, I was like, that surprised me. Yeah, I mean, in today's day and age, you rarely see guys play every single day. There's always a day off every couple of weeks, and the 2001 and 2002 season, you played all 162 games, and coming up to the plate nearly 700 times in 2001 isn't that i mean you look back at that and think uh man i to be able to play consistently over an entire season every day that's a grind yeah yeah it's a grind but you know i mean one thing about it and, and what a lot of people underestimate is that the the trainers you know we had in oakland man they were actually they were really good you know you you have your bumps and bruises but you get there early enough and let those guys, you know, work on you a little bit, man, and they can they can get you through the day. So I just I just set my that's how I set my mindset. If I you know I mean if I show up at the park, I'm showing up to play. You know, few injuries there, but minor, nothing to keep me out. But you know, everybody's gonna have some bumps and bruises at some time. How special, Terrence, were those A's teams? Obviously, the first the first two times around. The Yankees got the best of you in five, but I mean, you had Barry Zito, you had that pitching staff, uh, Rick Peterson, a pitching coach, a guy who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jason Giambi, uh, hit home runs left and right. Those were some, despite falling short, some special Oakland A's teams. Yeah, man, I you know I saw it from the first day I walked in the clubhouse, and you know those guys, man, it was just the closest thing to a family outside of your immediate family. And I, you know, I saw that from day one and I, you know, I just, you know, I just bought into it and, you know, everybody pulled for everybody. It wasn't, you know, I've never been on a team like that. Just around the clubhouse and, you know, guys hanging out, you know, that, that was big. And I think that was the major key. And plus those guys were really good too. Major key alert, and you look at the A's, and that was really the team in your career that won consistently. The other places you went to, uh, the Padres, Royals, uh, a little bit with the Yankees, weren't true winners. So those years must have really stood out to you. And you said be- to me before that you kind of are an a- you're an A's fan and you root for them. So I imagine that I mean just the city of Oakland and playing there and what they're doing now still holds true to you. Oh yeah, for sure. You know that. 
out of all my major league teams, man, those those teams were, you know, that was, that was the best time of my career. You know, no disrespect to any other team because, you know, major league is major league. And they're all professionals. But it was just, you know, the, the grind in Oakland and then being the lowest paid, one of the lowest paid teams and still being able to compete. You know, it's just, and I think that was the biggest chip on our shoulder because we wasn't worried about our payroll being $100 million. We knew that we had a chance to win every time we took the field. What is it, and that's a good good point in terms of the lowest payroll, but what is it about Oakland? Because the other day, Yoana Cespedes, I'm not sure if you heard, told a, a reporter in Oakland, uh, it was Mets A's, and they were in New York, and said, hey, Oakland was the best times of my career thus far, and I want to finish my career there. Uh, he also said Bob Melvin's the best manager he played for in Oakland. So what is it about playing there that uh, holds, I mean, people so close like you and Cespedes? Well, I think, you know, especially, you know, when I was there and, I you know, I had Art Howe, I think as a as a pro player, you, you want to play for a manager that still, even though it's a business, allows you to go out and just play the game. You know, and I, and I think that's what, I think that's what made me fall in love with it so much. Art Howard, he was what you call a player's manager. Mm-hmm. He allowed you to play the game and trusted and trusted in you enough to know, okay, this guy has an idea how to play the game, so I'm just going to let him ride. So, and then just to, you know, just the fans. You know, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of visiting teams say they're not the nicest people, but regardless if we were first place of not playing well at the time, especially in that outfield, especially those outfield fans. Man, it's just the love and the support that they give out there. And, you know what I mean, you can't you can't find that. You can't find that everywhere. Yeah, and Art Howe, a guy who came to the Mets after and struggled, but was really good in Oakland. Uh, we're talking with Terrence Long, former Major League outfielder. Um do you follow them at all? I mean, the A's now obviously aren't very good, but they do have some good young pitching, uh, and it's they're kind of in a rebuild here. But do you follow a little bit what they're doing now? Yeah, yeah, I keep a, you know, I, right now I keep a major eye, especially coming down <laughs> to the end of the month. You know, I'm just hoping, hoping and praying that they can keep Sonny Gray around. And you know, I know it's like I said, I know it's a business. You know what I mean, Davis, he absolutely kills the ball. And I'm a big Simeon fan. I, I like Simeon, too. I really do. I think I think he's a really good shortstop. But I'm just, right now, I just got my eyes glued to it to see what goes on with Sonny Gray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it definitely makes sense to listen to offers because you're going to potentially get a big prospect for him but again a very talented pitcher that I don't know if they should get rid of is there do you look at them to maybe go for a huge package to get rid of him or you seem to be pretty on board with Sonny I think you know like I said it's a business I think you know I'm sure you can get tons for him Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can you know like like I said I'm I'm hoping I'm hearing the talks of a new stadium and I think that'll be That'll be huge for them. I think that's been the key for the you know, past 10, 15, maybe longer than that. But, you know, they need a new stadium, and I think things will turn around if they get that new stadium. 
Were you a Raiders fan when you were there? You know what? I'm not a real big football fan, NFL mm. fan. You know, I mean, I I like players on. I like certain players on every team. You know, Raiders. You know, I mean, the Raiders are okay. I mean, I, I wasn't. A, I can't say I was a Raiders fan. Just like I can't say I'm a Golden State fan, but they're really good. So mm. that's <laughs> I take a lot of heat from that because I'm a Cleveland fan. So, but I, I couldn't say that to too many people out there in Oakland. Yeah, you got to keep that information yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Why Cleveland? What is it? Because LeBron? Yeah, I'm a, I tell you, that's what I'm a LeBron fan. If LeBron went and played for Toronto, I'll be a Toronto fan. Uh, yeah, I'm just a big LeBron fan, just, and I like KD too. So I guess, I guess that'll take some of the heat off me. Yeah, we we might have to take that out to save you the trouble. Take that part out. Uh, mute the TV for that one. Uh, play some music in the background. Um, uh, Terrence Long joining us here on the Jake Brown Show. What do you miss baseball? You're 41 now. Uh, do you miss the game? Do you miss waking up and grinding every day for it? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, now it's starting. You know, it's it's a little bit better because now I'm on the road pretty much with my with my boys. You know, they they're big into all the perfect game and all the national tournaments now so mm-hmm. you know at first I mean I miss I miss getting ready for October especially playing in Oakland mm-hmm. you know I, I miss I miss that postseason baseball and I think any guy that I talk to they say the same thing just that chance to and knowing that you got a shot to win the World Series man it was exciting how long did it take you? Because your career ended in 2006, but I imagine, I mean, then it was, you were, what, 30 years old or so. Uh, did it take a couple of years for you to get accustomed to not playing after that? Yeah, you know what I mean? Because I still felt like, you know what I mean? I still felt like I could help somebody, you know, and, um, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, and then, I tried it, you know what I mean? I tried it with the with the Yankees and you know, my body just was you know, I guess just the wear and tear started catching up to me. And I knew that if I if I played with somebody it would probably be tough for me to play every day like I did early in my career. And, you know, I know a lot of things had changed. I wasn't a big home run guy, but I also knew that I couldn't run as well as I did earlier. So it would have had to be the perfect fit, and you know, and it just didn't work out. But like I said, I—I I mean, I was proud of my career, from where I came, and and how I got there. You know, I, I have nothing to hang my head about. Did you know when? I mean, when your the days were numbered, what you wanted to do after your career? You see, guys now, it's different. Where it seems like so many guys are just locked in to become an analyst or to write for. Players Tribune and there's all these outlets now with social media for guys after their career. Did you know when when the days were coming to end what you were going to do next? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I've always had since day one I got there. You know, I've always had a plan. You know, I know just you know just watching and and just knowing the game, watching my kids that they were going to be pretty good. So I knew that I was going to have to you know spent a lot of time with them, teaching them the game. And now with all this perfect game and travel ball, you, you know, you're across the country. You know, I got three boys that play. So it's – I knew 
after I retire that, you know, next 10 years is going to have to be for them. I already knew that, you know, so I was like, once I get them older and get them situated out, looking to get back in the game as like a rover or something. But as of right now, you know, I mean, I'm just content with being with the kids right now. What has changed in baseball from when you played? Uh, that, is there something now in the game that you're not a fan of that was there when you played? You know, I think now, I mean, I think now the game is more, you know, you got the guys now, you know, back you had, you know, Sosa and Bonds hitting the home runs. and You know, I think now it's a, it's a lot more, and I actually like it, to be honest, which I can't say I don't like it, the the image, the flash, you know, you got all the fluorescent gloves and now the high socks with the stripes and the MLB logo with the team logo. I think the the look of the game has changed, and I can't say that I don't like it. You know, I actually like it. The the baggier pants, you know, it's just, and actually, too, it's a lot of good young players now. That back when I was early in my career, I think now it's a lot more younger players, great players, than when I was around that 25, 26 age. Mm-hmm. Do you look at uh, who is the face of baseball in your mind? Is it a Bryce Harper? Is it Mike Trout? Uh, I, would, I would go with Trout. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the things that, you know, Right now, to me, he's the only guy, if he's healthy and plays a full year, he's the only guy that I think could hit 40 homers and steal 40 bases with no problem. You know, Bryce Bryce is a great player, but I just honestly think Trout brings more to the table. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't agree with it. A lot of people do, but that's just my opinion. When you played, who was the one player in your mind that was the face of the league? Wow, you, you you're gonna have to go. You're gonna have to go with Jeter. You, you can't. You know, I mean, you you can't deny that. Any anybody that came up in my area cannot deny that. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a winner. You know, I mean, he any guy that you know, I mean, he, he's the captain, and I mean, he's the captain to every player on every team in the major league. That's that's what you refer to him as the captain. Mm. So in my in my area it, I would have to be I would have to say Jeter. And you were you were at the game where he made the the toss home, right? That he cut off and uh, to get Jeremy Giambi at the plate? Yeah, and the craziest thing about it is I I catch a lot of not heat but just comments because that I hit that ball. Oh right! Yeah, yeah. I forgot that was you. Yeah, I hit that ball, and then you know the year before, the the play that they show him diving into the stands in the playoffs, I popped that ball up. So <laughs> I, I'm all I'm all over his highlight reel. You're over for two. You are the king oh, of the yeah. Jeter highlight oh, reel. Yeah. Oh no, um, <laughs> that I, I will say this: the the pop up where he goes in the crowd. Uh, in my opinion, is one of the more overrated catches in the history of baseball. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you would agree. You hit it, but I think his his body and just his all of his weight was going into the crowd. So I mean, he was bound to fall. 
Um, I'm sure you, you, you disagree, considering you have him as a face of baseball. Yeah, uh, it, you know, I mean, it, it was a tough play. It, actually, the ball was in. I was banking. Okay, I get another shot right here because it was out of play. You know what I mean, it wasn't in play, so he he couldn't catch it and stop. And you know what I mean, I was like, man, this like this guy actually just made this play. Did, did you know, I was just hoping to pray for another shot to get another pitch. Yeah. Did you yeah, but, did you talk to Jeremy Giambi and say to him, bro, why did you not slide on that play? If Giambi slides home, you get the RBI, and you guys probably win that series because he went he went standing. Posada was able to tag him. Yeah, you know it it, it goes both ways, but you know that that point in the game, I think I think everybody in the, in the in the uh, dugout, and everybody in the stands thought that Eric Burns was going to pitch run right there. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. You know, even Burns they thought he was going to pitch run. Burns had his helmet on. He was getting ready to sprint the first, just like Burns always does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that was the key. Everybody thought that Burns was going to pitch run right there. So do we got to give Art Howe a call and ask him what what he was doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think what it was, man, you know, they had Mo, they had Mo warming up. And at that time, Jeremy stays in the game, and I think Jeremy had the best numbers off anybody on the team had the best numbers off Mo. But I was thinking in my head, man, if we score this run right here, it's 1-1. It's one one, and I'm on third. Mm-hmm. If we score again, well, I don't think we got to worry about Mo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the whole key. You have to. Yeah. That's crazy because you have to manage your game around one guy with mm-hmm. his seventh inning hit. Mm-hmm. We got to try to score because we do not want to see Mo because you know the outcome ninety five percent of the time. Do you look at kind of going to Oakland here as kind of something that rejuvenated? Your career. I didn't realize you were drafted by. I knew you were with the Mets, but you were drafted by them in '94, um, and I guess it didn't work out with the Mets in terms of being in their minor league system for a while. Do you look at that trade to Oakland really just changing your career for the best? As as much as I'd love to, I'm a Mets fan, so it would have been nice to to see you there. But do you look at that trade as kind of starting your career off? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I was I was at the Mets when a time where they. You know, when I was coming up, like, you know what I mean, 97, 98, um, I went up a few times, 99. Mm-hmm. Went up, two, I think, two times. You know, but I, I knew with the guys they had, you know, that's when Ricky was there and, you know, Bonilla was there, Doc Bayani was there. You know, I knew it was going to be tough to get playing time, so mm-hmm. it, it was – that was the best move for me. Mm-hmm. You know, being a young kid, you get traded. You know, you always think, well, I guess I wasn't good enough. But that wasn't the case. No, another team think that you can help them right now. So that was, you know, that was a big move. I think that was the, that there's no doubt about it. That was the best move of my career for me. Terrence Long. I got a chance to play. Yeah, no, I mean, it would have been nice. The Mets ended up making the World Series in 2000. But as you said, you had Jay Payton, you had Daryl Hamilton, you had Derek Bell. Uh, they had Agbayani. 
Bonilla was just finishing. And how Bobby Bonilla, man. I mean, this guy's getting on. He's on his couch getting paid a million dollars a year, living the dream until like 2030. Uh, got really the one of the best deals in sports by just getting paid to do nothing. So that's an incredible uh, spot for him. But, yeah, glad it, it worked out in Oakland. And then Terrence Long, former Major League outfielder, Mets, A's, Padres, Royals, Yankees. Uh, Alabama's finest, the, the the sweet 205 down there. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you coming on the show, man. All right, no problem, buddy. Right, take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.